Exact Nature's all-natural CBD-based products are specially formulated to help you lighten the load in recovery, be it with addictive cravings, depression and anxiety, or improving sleep. Founded and run by a father-son team, both in recovery, this issue is personal for them. Learn more at exactnature.com, and as a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 to receive a 20% discount at purchase. Again, TSD20 at exactnature.com. What is it, 45 minutes? Yeah, roughly. I like to go about 40 45 minutes and, and then, then cut out the bad 15. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ideal. I love a 35 minute episode. That's my favorite. So, right. Hey, we're um, alcoholics, bro. The attention yeah. span over exactly. 35. <laughs> Eyes go blank. And right. I'll check out after that. So for sure. I get it. <laughs> sober day friends welcome to the sobriety diaries my name is nate i am a grateful recovering alcoholic seven years from my last drink the sobriety diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who lived them check us out at the sobrietydiaries.com for all things podcast related and for all our video interviews head over to youtube.com slash nate kelly Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Recovery is possible. Good morning, Mike. How are you, my friend? You're in California. Is it early as fuck there? It's a six. Okay. (laughs) But I I get up fairly early, so this isn't a problem for me. Got it. it. Been up for a couple hours. How's How's it going? And you're in Columbus, right? I am. Yeah. Uh, things are good. You know, it's, uh, I had to turn the heat on last night. It was the first official night. It's been in like the forties and fifties. So I've been holding off. But last night we got, I think we got to freezing last night. So it's like, damn. It's the best time of year out there, man. The leaves are changing. I love it. It's my favorite time of year. It just doesn't last long enough, you know? And then before you know it, it's a, there's a small window of, uh, of niceness. Same with uh, spring. Before you know it, it's 90. Right. (laughs) I I love from October through the holidays and then come January 1st, it was like, all right, all that's done. I'm ready to, uh, but then you have four or five months of. That's the stretch. That's tough. The the bleakness. Yeah, exactly. I kind of just like to jump into things unless you have a question. Let's just kick it. Let's do it. I am here with my new friend, Mike Jelinek, joining us from California. How are you, my friend? Good morning. I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. Early Sunday morning. It's quite different from about a decade ago for me on my Sunday mornings, right? 100%. Well, it's 6 (laughs) a.m. out here. So 10 years ago, I probably would have been going to bed right about now. Exactly. So... Wow, it kind of turns my stomach just thinking about it. But the birds uh, chirping, and, uh, <laughs> right? You get so thing. pissed. I'd be so pissed at the sun oh, just yeah. for coming up. It, right? It, it, what a buzzkill, right? Right. right. Well, I, I, li- <laughs> I lived in Florida at one point, and uh, I remember there was across from our apartment on the other side of this wall were these roosters. Oh man. I'm talking about like, so not only the sun, but you have these things. And I mean, they were just going off early in the morning and, you know, we'd be up all night and it's just like, 
you know, coming down and right. just like, just like, oh, the yeah, worst. It, it's worst. pretty stomach turning now to think about it. For Absolutely. Sure. Well, Mike, I see you active on Instagram and we're here on the podcast sharing yes, today. So what prompted you to start sharing your recovery story or sharing out loud in, in the hopes of helping others? So I've been in and out of sobriety for a long time. I'm 43 now. I went to my first meeting when I was 23. Uh, so it's been a long road for me. Uh, different lengths, you know, period lengths of sobriety, bunch of monthers, a bunch of six months. Uh, I think I had almost two years at one point and just back and forth. Uh, chronic relapser, you know, yes. if, if is the term. Yes. Uh, but I, I, you know, finally, I, I got sober in 2017. It was new for me. I started a coaching yeah. program, uh, like an online fitness uh, coaching program. And it was really important for me to tell my story because uh, I was in bad shape, not just physically, but, you know, after years and years of drugs and alcohol, right. uh, you know, to show people what's possible, you know, that, um, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, I was 38 when I got sober. Um, really to show people that even if you're a little bit older, you know, when I was younger trying to do it, I was too young. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then when, when I was older and I needed to do it, I felt like I was too old, you know, yes. like, well, I might as well just run it in. But uh, <laughs> I really want to show people that, you know, what's possible and, you can really turn things around, you know, through sobriety and also, you know, through fitness and, and taking care of your body as well. For sure. Now, mm -hmm. do you find that the majority, maybe not the majority, but some of your clients are in recovery as well and they, and they come to you through that route or is it just mostly the fitness focus? I would say that maybe half, a little more than half of them are sober. These are people that I've met along the way, people that I was in treatment with, or have known from before, um, but a good deal of them are sober. So, uh, and then some aren't, you know, um, right. but I have people hit me up all the time, uh, even non-fitness related, uh, looking to possibly get into treatment or just, you know, people that I knew from before that are struggling still. Uh, so it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty cool to, to see the response and to be able to help people in that way too. Yeah. You know, just having important conversations, you know, even over a DM, you know, right. and people that I didn't even know, uh, we'll see. Cause I talk a lot about it on my Instagram page. Right. Um, right. And they're like, you know, I really relate. So I think it was important for me because I'm introverted, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a shy guy and I didn't yeah. really want to put it all out there, but once I did, um, you know, it, the response was pretty cool. And I, I believe that if you found something that works for you, it's pretty selfish to not share it. Right. You know, with, I was just going to say that it's awesome that we can find our own sort of niche or our own specialty within the recovery world and 100%. be able to contribute that in a way that can help other people. Right. You, you know, you with your fitness, I love talking to people and sort of digital uh, content creation. So I turned it into a podcast. I think right. it's awesome that we can find our own specialty and contribute that to the recovery community. Yeah, absolutely. I think we underestimate the value of what we have, like our experience too. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you go through this, but sometimes I'm like, does anybody even relate to yeah. this? Wait. Oh, every week when I press play on an episode. <laughs> right. 
it's like, what am I doing? And even, you know, if it's, if it's just one person, uh, you say something at the right time, uh, and they need to hear it, you know? Um, so it's really more about them than it is about us or how I feel about doing or not wanting to talk about it on a certain day or whatever. Um, and I, it's, it's great. Yeah. So Mike, let's, let's sort of jump in here. Tell me when your last drink or drug was and why was it that day? What led up to that day in particular? So I was thinking about this because I know, I know you asked this. (laughs) Uh, it was July. I want to say it was July 11th, 2017. My actual sobriety date is July 21st, 2017. Got it. Uh, the, the lead up to that, uh, you know, I took my date after I got out of detox. Uh, and I want to say it was the 11th. And I was sitting out in front of a detox in <laughs> Santa Monica yeah. uh, smoking. I, I attempted to smoke <laughs> a little bit of heroin. Ooh. And uh, I had a, one of those torch lighters yeah. and I, you know, went to smoke it and burned the whole thing up. And I was like, it's, oh, it's, damn. Over, man. it's over, man. Yeah. You know, um, leading up to that, I had been in Florida for a couple of years and I had a contact out here, somebody that I was still uh, connected with. He was like, come back out. Uh, I'll get you into a detox and to a sober living. Um, so that's, that's what led up to it. Uh, just a couple years of running and gunning. Um, and up to that point, I, I, I had two years sobriety. I was working in treatment, uh, relapsed, was out for another couple of years. Um, and that was kind of the end of the line for me. Sometimes we get just to that point where it's, we, we have to throw our hands up, right? It's just to the, to the end of the rope and we are down to just a couple choices in the rooms. They say jail institutions or death, but right. I feel like in some cases it's even fewer choices than that. So I had nothing left at that point too. I mean, it was, and I was thinking about this before I came on here, you know, just, you get to that place where you've done things you've never thought you'd do. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, how did, how did I end up here? it's kind of baffling like how far how far down we can go yeah it's it's all very unintentional too you know i i don't think you know when you're growing up you're like well i'm gonna be addicted to heroin and i'm gonna (laughs) you know do these things like it's one thing leads you to the next and that's the power of drugs and alcohol i mean it, it just really robs you of who you're who you truly are your authentic self Uh, And you just get farther and farther and farther away from that as the years go on. So true. So what did you start or stop do? Well, stop doing other than heroin, (laughs) start doing on that day in July that was able to now help you sustain that sobriety. So I went, you know, I went to a detox and like I said, it's, it's very fuzzy. Uh, you know, the meds that they had me on, I I mean, I I was just wandering down. I I was on the second floor wandering down the steps to get my meds and basically going back up to my room, uh, knocked out. Um, but I did a week there ish, maybe eight days, nine days, something like that. Um, and then I went to a a very structured sober living, uh, out here in California and Los Angeles. I love that. I, 
I think it's an uncommon story for people to extended more than maybe 28 days in an inpatient treatment program. Right. Um, so it fascinates me people that do like a sober living house or do 18 months or a couple years in a environment that they need. Is that similar to what you did or how long were you in the sober living house? I was there for about, it was a year, maybe yeah. like a week longer than a year. I listened, uh, full disclosure, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So, and that's you know. how it happens sometimes. <laughs> and that's okay, right? If, yeah. However it, it happens. If I did know it, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when I was talking to my friend, you know, he, and he was setting this up, he's like, you know, how do you feel about like a little bit of structure? And I'm thinking, he didn't really go <laughs> into details. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, hit some meetings, you know, make my bed in the morning. That'd be right. Good. And it was way more than that. I mean, it was the first group um, that I went to, which was the first day that I got there. And I'm still sweaty from the, the detox. Foggy, and, yeah, I'm sure, just not knowing. Yeah. My hair's, you know, crazy. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, a lot of peer accountability. So it was a, it was a POCO group, a positive and concern. Yep. group where the, I don't know any of these guys yet. It's all male and, uh, didn't know any of these guys. And they're like, so-and-so positive, uh, you got 90 days sober. And then so-and-so, uh, concerned, like you didn't make your bed yesterday yeah. and you, or you popped off on the house manager or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just right. like, wh- I'm like, what is, what is this? Yeah. You know? It's like, are we trying to start <laughs> with people or right. like, what's going on here? Well, and I think that, you know, that's always been the thing for me is I'm kind of a live and let live person. Uh, you do your thing. I'll do mine. As long as we don't get in each other's way, we're cool. And this is one of the benefits that I really got out of this place is when you care about people, you call them on their, yeah, on their shit. It's true. You know? um, and I think that's important for, for us uh, for sure is, yeah. that, um, but it was and uncomfortable it can, for a while. It can teach you how to have those conversations in a productive way. Well, and I think that there's a difference between doing it out of love and care uh, and, and doing True. it in a negative or mean way, just, yeah. just to call somebody out. So that right. was really stressed there. It's like, it's got to be constructive. Like, okay, if you're going to concern somebody, what's the solution? Right. You know, it's not just ripping people apart. Uh, and you know, you got 10 guys just confronting each other at the dinner table. It's (laughs) like, what's the solution? And that's really one of the things that I've learned in recovery is what is the solution? You know, like, do we stay in the problem or do we get into the solution? Hmm. Yeah. So tell me what the transition was like coming out of that environment that was sort of protected and then almost being left to your own devices, right? In the real world. What was that like? So I kind of got half the experience because I, they ended up giving me a job, uh, at the place, at the place about nine months, 10 months in started driving guys around. Yeah. Taking them to meetings and appointments and all this stuff. So I, when I left, we got an apartment and you had to move out with somebody else in order to graduate the program. You had to have your living situation lined up with somebody else who was graduating the program. Right. Got it. Um, so it, it was a cool setup. So me and uh, a buddy of mine moved out, you know, got the apartment set up. And then the next morning I'm back working. working. <laughs> so I, and I, and I think staying in that environment because I can disappear pretty quickly, like, yeah. okay, cool. The year was good. Peace. Thanks guys. <laughs> well, I'll see you when I see you. Yeah. And, I, and I think I actually worked for them for almost four years. Wow. That's uh, great. 
Yeah, it was cool. And I think staying in that community for sure. Um, really, you know, working in treatment can be, you know, a little dicey sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think staying in that community really helped me out. And I think that's part of why I stayed sober, you know, um, being involved with those guys. There's uh, a sense of accountability, right? That 100%. you're showing up there every day for these guys. Right. 100%. Yeah. You know? And that's really when you, you know, make the transition from what am I getting out of it to what am I bringing, you know, to it, I think is important. For sure. You know? I had gotten what I had gotten needed to get out of it. Even halfway, that was kind of the motto halfway through the program. The first six months is for you. The second six months is for them. So the guys who are coming in, it's really like a lot of, uh, you know, brothers keepers. So you're looking after the guys uh, who are coming in. They have like a big brother system Got it. Uh, to where, so somebody comes, you're responsible for this person for two weeks. Uh, it, it was dope. It was cool. Yeah. That's... Uh, teaches you all kinds of things that I didn't really uh, think about, you know, because we're selfish, we're self-centered and selfish. And the only Absolutely. thing that, and even in sobriety, me, me, trust me, me. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> I've, it's not like I did that and all the selfishness and self-centeredness went away. Like I'm, that's something that I have to work, still work on every day is like focusing out instead of on myself. So with this sort of ability to recognize those things in ourselves, the selfishness or perhaps uh, dishonesty. In my case, I find myself still lying to people for no reason. Right. Uh, So it's something I'm working on continually. As you look back in uh, sort of early life, have you been able to identify things that maybe you think contributed to the next level of addiction? Are there things in your past that you have identified? And you, we hear this a lot growing up uncomfortable in my own skin, Yeah. uh, socially just, you know, alcohol and drugs gave me that, uh, sense of ease and comfort where I felt like, and that's the, that, and that's the crazy part is you feel like you're being, you can be yourself more, but it's really not, you know what I mean? It's Um, creating this different person. (laughs) It's almost like a it's not yourself. For me, it wasn't myself. It was right. a different, it was a character really right. that, I, that I was able to play on these stages that I went right. out on. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that it, you know, it, my use progressed, you know, the progression from drinking and weed and some LSD in high school to some Coke, you know, right after high school uh, and then some pills a couple years after that. Um, you know, I had lost a couple of friends in a car crash and that's really, that was in high school. And that's really when I, the drinking kind of took another turn to where it was just like, instead of partying on the weekends where I would just close my eyes and, and pound booze to not, that's when I really used it as a thing to not deal with what was going on. Um, and then the drinking stopped working in the sense that I, I was so hungover all the time, so sick all the time, could not function. I was not a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> by any means. Um, I wasn't going to work the next day. I I just, you know, I know some people that can get away with that. I couldn't. Uh, so when I found the pills, this'll, this'll date me, but the oxy, you know, the oxys back in like 2005, uh, that was something I was like, Oh, I'm not hungover. You know, I didn't know anything about, you know, withdrawals or anything like that at that point. Um, but I was like, I found the, I found the new thing. Miracle pill. (laughs) Right. Um, but I, I think like, you know, I never really liked confrontation. Uh, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. 
I didn't, I didn't want anybody to ever know that I had problems at all. So I would always try to, to, to lie and mask all of those things too. Very just sort of timid and kind of scared to go through life without drugs and alcohol. Very similar story. Yeah. So that gave me the the courage, uh, (laughs) And then, you know, you look back on it, you're like, it's all false. It, right. it's, all, it's fake courage. It's fake relationships. Every, everything is just smoke and mirrors. It's all BS, you know? Totally true. Yeah. It, it's almost just delaying learning how to deal with those things and delaying building that real true sense of confidence and courage. 100%. Because after then rehab and detox, I felt like I was this you know, 17, 18 year old kid who had never learned how to deal with things or knew what feelings or emotions were associated with what behaviors or actions. So really for me, it was just literally delaying that for a good two decades. (laughs) How long did you find for it to come come back, you know, for you to where you're like, okay, I'm kind of getting the hang of this a little bit. I, I, yeah, I would say and it was in the rooms of a 12-step program a lot in early recovery. And I would right. say I attribute that, you know, throwing myself into groups of people and forcing myself to talk and share and, and things at meetings was a huge uh, contribution to that. But I would say probably almost a year at yeah. least. Yeah. Checks out. And it's an, it's an ongoing process too. Right. right. I, it's funny that this kind of naturally came up. I was recording an intro to another episode before we got on here. And I was referring back to this and saying that it's like a muscle too. If I am not working on that sort of interactive and like social side of myself, I feel like it's a muscle that can atrophy. And so it's like almost something I have to continually keep up on and always be like exercising my social muscle Um, because the first time I start like canceling plans or saying no to someone who invites me to dinner, it's like a vicious cycle. And I find myself like, oh, here I am isolating myself again before I know it. And it's been six months before I've been social with somebody. So I still, after seven, I just celebrated seven years last week and still have to consciously focus on that regularly. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, Yeah. There's a lot to focus on. And, uh, you know, that's the funny thing about it, that whether the disease, lower self, yeah, the darkness, whatever you want, uh, is always going to be there to to kind of try to lure you back in uh, to that temporary comfort zone. Right, of like it's comfortable temporarily to isolate yourself, um, or to it's easier to not put yourself out there. The easier, softer way, right? If we yep. follow those things, uh, it's a path back to where we were. Um, and if you do the contrary action, the opposite, uh, it's the path. Uh, the pathway out of that, but uh, it's very uh, persuasive and makes sense. (laughs) A lot, a lot, a lot of times you're like, I can rationalize this. Like, I don't want to go out tonight. I don't, you know, and like you said, it turns in six months later. You're like, fuck, I've not been out of the house. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm a, I'm the fantastic rationalizer to myself too. So that's a, that's a problem. Right. But like I said, in the, in the beginning, it's conversations like these and, things that I can 
expose myself to and and dive into that are such a help to my own recovery. I am able, I'm blessed in the fact that I can help other people through this podcast, but I am right. still working on myself daily for sure. 100%. And you and we always will be, I think. Yeah. I mean, and you and it, that's really like a life or death uh thing for us is, you know, the minute you stop and, and it's, you know, I used to hear things like that. And I'm like, working, I got to work on myself like every day where it's like, I'm going to spend eight hours a day working on myself. But (laughs) there's so many little things that you can do on a daily basis. Uh, Reach out to a friend, uh, do, you know, a nightly review. Uh, And and these things are so such a small time investment sometimes, but the returns uh, are so, are so big, you know, Um, it's not like you got to spend hours and hours a day doing it. And to your point, I think even if I have every goal on my uh, list checked off, I, I want to continue to improve and continue to better myself. So even, you know, those those small things are, are they, they count just as much too. So I love the nightly review. I, I, I do that regularly. Yeah. Have you ever messed with the app? There's like a, the, uh, yes. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super cool. helpful. Doesn't get any easier than that. You know? I know, Just right? pull up the dink, 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 yep. type <laughs> it all in. That's yeah, pretty dope. For sure. Well, speaking of that, that's a good sort of um, takeaway, tangible item for our listeners. It's the the one that I use is, I think, Step 10, 11 app or something it's mm. called. But what are some takeaways or tangible items that you could offer our listeners as a recovery tool? <sighs> So I, one of the things beyond, you know, 12 step, uh, that's helped me, um, and really has kind of changed my life is, is the fitness aspect. You know, I think for me, it's very important, um, to, to be moving, to be active, uh, because you know, what's the, the saying you, you put down the spoon, you pick up the fork, uh, <laughs> that, yeah. that was, that was me. Um, so I had had, you know, this spiritual experience, and I had been working in it and helping guys and going through my own process. But I looked in the mirror and I was 41 at the time. And I'm like, and I felt physically just not, not good, you know, eating, uh, whatever. And it's first things first, right. right. You know, you don't want to get sober and, uh, you know, two weeks later, you're like, now I'm going on this fitness journey. <laughs> right. I, I really believe there's a time and a place, Definitely. Um, even though I wish I would have started a little bit earlier it happened when it happened, but I do believe like really focusing on your diet, your nutrition, uh, your fitness, uh, has changed my life and really has enhanced, uh, my sobriety. Um, you know, getting out there, maybe getting a gym membership, uh, that has been huge for me. Um, the way I start my day, it really makes me able to see problems and things correctly, you know, just exerting that energy physically, you know, getting those endorphins kicking uh, has been a game changer for me, you know. Um, do you find yourself as more of like, because you're in California, do you, are you an mm-hmm. outdoorsy hiker or in the gym sort of with weights or a good mix of both? I would say more gym and weights. Uh, we go hiking out here. Yeah. Um, you know, my my version of hiking is a paved Right. Incline, uh, nothing too, nothing too crazy. 
uh, with some, with some scenery, uh, but like sunlight for sure. And I yes. think that's probably one of the things that I take for granted out here. You know, we were chatting before yeah. the show started about living in Ohio for that, those, you know, five or six months of it's gray. Tough. It's tough, man. And it gets to a point out here where it's like, man, this, this thing is just in your face <laughs> yeah. every day, but it, it's, it's very important. All, all of those things like getting outside, getting fresh air, you know, going for, you know, going for a walk, and just those, those things all help me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think exploring, you know, my recovery didn't end with AA, my search, you know, for spirituality didn't end there. Um, so I think really, if something resonates with you in your heart, you should explore it. If you, if you hear somebody, uh, who's got a good message, you know, follow them on Instagram. If there's yeah. a book that, you know, so I always try to be learning and and taking in different things, um, you know, because I, I, for a while, the rigidity of the 12 step, it was like, this is it. This it starts here and it ends yes. here. Yeah. Uh, and I've come, I like, I don't want to say I've outgrown it because that's not the right word, but I've expanded on it. You know, um, like we're like in the same lane because <laughs> it, it was about a year and a half ago that I came to that realization. And it's almost scary for me to say it because uh -huh. those rooms saved my life. And I have 100%. so much respect for that program and the people that I love and met there and are still in close contact with 100 but to your point yeah i don't think outgrow is the right word i think it's i'm adding to my right. library or i'm adding to my toolkit as we right. say right uh and expanding upon that so i love that you brought that up yeah and i find my and i found myself and this is me this isn't that program this yeah. is you know me that where i was it was i was being very rigid you're not doing it right. You yeah. know, and I, I've got this thing that this is how it's supposed to be done. And if they don't want to do 12 step, well, good luck. Right. Like you're, and and no the, the reality is, yeah, the reality is, is a lot of people don't and they're not going to. So how do those people get served? Exactly. You know? Um, yeah. And I, you know, I listen, I, the last, when I started my coach who took me through this fitness plan, cause so I ended up dropping 50 pounds in six months, got in the best shape of my life. Nice. Um, and this man's message is all about conscience congruence. Um, he, he's a convict who did 10 years in California prison, and he's uh, got this program on Instagram. But really, it helped me interpret the 12-step better. So I always got kind of caught up in God's will right? Especially, well, how do I know, how do I know what God's will is? And how do I know it's not this, you know, <laughs> right. like, and really, I was waiting for some big, uh, some big message or aha thing for God to speak to me and let me know what it is, but it's really all the little things. Uh, you know, I think when you get some clarity, when you have a little bit of time sober, you know what, you know, that voice in your head, if you really followed that every day and did everything that it told you to do, uh, your life would be, <laughs> it, it would, it Ooh. would change drastically. Yeah. You know, but yeah. we don't, we, we bring our feelings into it. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, Nate, go out, you know, call your friends, go out. It's like, no, no you don't need to do that. Don't right. That. And that's Nate, yep. you know, and, yep. and, and, and that's Mike when it's like, you know, get up early, go to the gym. Like, no, nah, I think I just want to lay here for another hour. You know, we always pull our, there's a, you're being guided all day long 
by your conscience. The authentic voice of God is what I've come to, to understand mm-hmm. it as. And if you really follow all of that, the steps that it's telling you to do, um, all those intuitions, those ideas that pop in your head that, that we don't act on, uh, you know, for you, it could be maybe ideas for your podcast that so you're like, okay, well, yeah. I'll come around. and you forget about it and, and yeah. whatever. But if you really just took all those, those things and acted on it, uh, what I found is it's drastically changed my life. Mike, where can people find you online if they want to work with you or just uh, if they've been inspired by your message today? So uh, at coaching.com on Instagram, nice. uh, Mike Jelinek on Facebook. I'm in the works of, of putting together a website right now uh, nice. and things like that. But uh, yeah. So. I will, uh, I'll link your Instagram handle in the show notes today. Um, and we'll do a little bio on Mike if you want to check him out, or if, like I said, if you've been inspired by his message today, I think it's a, a powerful message. And and like I said, finding our own niche and being able to apply it to our recovery, in your case, the fitness thing, I think it's so powerful and, and so special and not many people have, you know, are blessed with that. So thanks for sharing your story today, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on. It was great meeting you. You too. Thank you so much for listening today, friends. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. Make sure you check today's show notes for all the information discussed in the episode and how to connect with our guest. And as always, check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, and on Instagram at the Sobriety Diaries Pod. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show, friends. It truly helps other people to find the show. And in turn, we can help more people. Until next Wednesday, try your best not to drink and be good to yourselves. Bye, everyone.